every single person has stuff that they're doing or a skill set that other people are jealous of um, because it's unique to them that the other person doesn't have. And I think just stop fixating on what other people have and fixate a little bit more on what you're doing that is really unique and special and amazing. Hey everyone, welcome to the Simple Bit Show. I'm your host Dan Cedarholm. I hope you're staying safe and sound uh, at home. Um, what a weird time this is. Uh, so I recorded this uh, conversation with Meg Lewis uh, several weeks ago, and uh, it was kind of a different world then, actually. Um, but in any case, the conversation is awesome because uh, Meg is so talented and funny and. Uh, open and you know she's sharing a lot of her wisdom and insights and uh it's a really fun episode we talk about you know her podcasts that she hosts carnival music experiential restaurants tips for being the best you and a whole lot more it's a great episode i hope you enjoy it a little announcement before i get started too i have a new book that i'm self-publishing that's available for pre-order now um what a great time to launch a book uh, or a business or whatever. Um, geez. Uh, but anyway, this book uh, was a labor of love. It's about 20 things I've learned, uh, co-founding Dribble and sort of the, the going from a designer to co-founder to accidental entrepreneur and, and it's sort of lessons that I've learned along with some, some doodles and uh, it's hardcover. It's kind of a, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. I hope you dig it too. I'll have the link in the show notes. Um, also, special thanks to Metal Lab for sponsoring again this episode. We love Metal Lab. We'll be talking a little bit more about them later. Um, so now, let's get on with our chat with the awesome Meg Lewis. Foolproof. Is that... Yes, is Foolproof. That, is that where you hang out? Is that where you... You do your thing. It is where I do my thing. Sometimes I like to go to different places depending on what my brain wants. Um, I record so many yeah. podcasts now, though, and luckily, foolproof my space has. We have we got a grant to build a podcast recording studio, so we have a space what? that's just really amazing, and I'm totally set up for success there. So I go yeah. there a lot whenever I want to be around people and I want to be, uh, you know, around that energy, which is yeah. a specific mood that I need to be in. And other times I don't feel like leaving my house. So I work from home. Yeah. See, that's good. I'm the same way. I need that, that, uh, that variety. Um, so wait, podcast studio. That's amazing. Do, uh, is it something that people can use like to rent out from you? Exactly. Or? Yeah. We, um, we oh, cool. wanted a place where podcasts around town have a space that they can go to, to where they don't feel like they need to create a podcast studio of their own because it's complicated to make a podcast studio as we found out after we started building one. Um, just because it's really hard to create a soundproof space. Um, and mostly just because they always get really hot because there's no way to have any kind of airflow, uh, without picking up sound from that airflow. So we had to like invest in these really specific podcast recording booth or sound recording booth, uh, fans that are completely silent, but also circulate air at the same time. I've learned so much, but yeah, we, we created the space to be a, a podcast recording booth and space for people around town who have podcasts and need a place to record. 
That is such a great thing. Uh, that's such a cool idea. It's been really fun too because we have awesome podcasts that record in that space, and a lot of times we'll have like um, people coming in and out that are guests on their podcast, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, I know who that person is," or like, "That's a musician that I really love that's in town that they're interviewing." So we've gotten like weirdly, we've gotten some um, really cool musicians and people in the space that I otherwise would not. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. And and Foolproof, uh, for those who don't know, too, that, that that's a place that you built, right? It's, it's sort of like a, I guess, co-working. Is that accurate? Co-working yeah, space? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. And I think that, so whenever I, I moved to Minneapolis and I didn't really know anybody and I moved there from New York. And when I was living in New York, I had a space that was basically similar. Um, that was a shared workspace of people right. that ended up becoming right. my best friends. So when I moved to Minnesota yeah. and I didn't know anyone, I also work for myself. So I didn't, I don't have a way to make friends. It's hard making friends as an adult. <laughs> I also don't really have any hobbies yeah. that involve it other is, people. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I created this space as a shared workspace to just kind of open the doors and allow people to become my friend and work next to me. And it's been great for that because now I'm not alone anymore, or at least there's a place to be alone, but next to other people and just having people to go grab yeah. lunch with, or, you know, get a drink with after work has been so nice. Oh yeah, totally. It's so smart. I, I remember the, um, is it ghostly ferns, right? In yeah. The, yeah. So our sp- or was that was that or was that a, the the agency ish thing that you put together? Yes. I can't remember what the place it's, was called. But. No, there are so many yeah. names to remember. I I especially there have is. they're all yeah, good names. I have so yeah. many things that I have named, so it gets very confusing. And then I've been involved <laughs> with other groups that all have names, and, and so yeah. In New York, we were um, we were my group, Ghostly Ferns, which is like a collective of designers and illustrators that I founded. Um, yeah. We had a space that was inside of a shared workspace, um, which used to be known as Studio Mates, and then it transformed into a place that we called the Townhouse. Oh, right, sure. And now it's a spot that is called Design Town. It keeps reimagining itself. It still exists oh, cool. today. There's still a Ghostly Ferns crew, plus so many other friends in the space called Design Town, which is in Brooklyn today. Oh, right, in Brooklyn. Yes. Okay, awesome. So you have this podcast studio, and you're actually you're podcasting quite a bit now, which is amazing. I am. Uh, I don't know both, how both I got Both on here. Dribble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do because it's because uh, it's you're like uh, perfect for these. Um, so you're, you're doing overtime uh, for Dribble now. You took over a couple of months ago, right, or or last month. Um, yep. Which has been really cool because the format's changed and it's turned into a weekly show. Which which I'm totally I don't know how you pull that off because I, I, I it's so much work. I don't even. <laughs> I, I, what's your secret there? It is a lot of work. Um, what is my secret? My secret is that I have kind of an on the fly personality anyway. I work better whenever I can just hop into that mode and then move into it. So I think I don't stress too much about planning and producing the podcast. Mm, I think I just good. trust myself enough to know that I can program it really well. And once it comes time to record and perform, I can just turn that on and it's, it's always been fine. So I, mm, I've learned yeah. to trust myself enough that it, 
knowing that it will be fine because it always has been fine. Um, so that's been helpful, but also the dribble team has been awesome in helping me program and help me curate guests to have on. And they have such a great selection of resources as far as knowing who to bring on. So if there's something topical happens, then I can ask them who they think would be a great guest to speak on that topic. And that has been an amazing resource for me. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Uh, totally. And you've, been, you've had, yeah, had some great guests on there, except for the last one. That guy. <laughs> that was you. Yeah, that was an old, <laughs> old guy talking about something. But, um, but I love it because you talk about, like, you know, the week's news along with, you know, um, and actually interviewing the person that you, that you have on. So it's just, it's, I'm really enjoying it. So Exactly. I think uh, that yeah. Dribble has a great a uh, way that they're coming at it from and that they approached me and said, we want to change up the podcast and, and try to do something that we as a company can do and offer the design community that other companies might not have the authority or the brand message to be able to do, um, mm-hmm. which yeah. is, yeah. you know, kind of having a variety show where we do a little bit of a bunch of things. We deliver design related news as well as, you know, tips in order to help designers or creatives create better work. And so Mm -hmm. they wanted to take that notion of what they can offer the world and combine it with what I can offer the world, which I guess is, I, I, I have kind of a, an open mind and a pretty positive attitude when it comes to most things. Um, (laughs) I am critical, but I'm critical in the way that I like to see things from all sides and kind of make sure that I have all the information before I jump to a conclusion or, you know, push my own personal judgments on things. And so I think that attitude um, combined with the fact that I am pretty lighthearted and I like to make, uh, you know, silly things out of serious subjects. (laughs) And so I think that, I think that's why they ultimately ended up choosing me as a host, um, which it definitely has a unique feel um, to probably other podcasts that are delivering on design topics because I am not serious and I do not have hot takes when it comes to design. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's just kind of makes for a really digestible kind of easy to listen to thing once a week for, for people who need to be in touch with what's going on in the design world. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Um, actually I was hoping we could have some hot takes today. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Uh, um, I'm, I'm pretty known for my lukewarm takes. Yeah. Like should let's just get should designers code. Um I don't know if you want to. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> but no, but I I think that you <laughs> I'm really glad you're doing it cuz uh, your personality I, I was happy to hear how much of your personality is in it and and it's really like your show and uh I just well, I don't know. I've always been a fan of your your attitude online and like optimism and all that stuff you mentioned. Thank you. I feel, um, but you, I feel really grateful yeah. that they're allowing me to do that. I remember whenever I was first uh, kind of like in talks with them about hosting it, they asked me to send them a demo episode of what I envisioned. And I remember oh, cool. doing that oh, yeah. demo episode. And I was so nervous and was like trying to sound like an NPR person. And, uh, over time I've gotten really over, over time I've gotten really, uh, I've gotten really comfortable with being myself and they've been so encouraging of me to be as weird as I want to be. And I love that so much. So I think as the episodes go on, we're kind of seeing a journey of me getting more comfortable with podcasting, which has been really fun for myself. 
Yeah, it's so cool. But you know, not only so you're not only doing overtime, but you also have another podcast that you're doing. I do. Oh, at least at least one other one that I know. You might have more actually. Uh, but uh, which is really interesting. <laughs> like it's, I, it, I I almost think of it as like it's part. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like part comedy, part meditation, part storytelling. Exactly. I, how 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 would you describe you got it, it, it to folks? Um, so. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad (laughs) my message is succinct. Um, Yeah. So I discovered that I wanted to do this other podcast, which is called Sit There and Do Nothing, because I was approached by somebody who wanted to combine my uh, some of the workshop curriculum that I do um, with a workshop that they do as a yoga instructor. So they wanted it to be kind of a self-discovery mm. slash um, movement yoga meditation workshop. And I said, that sounds really fascinating. Um, but my initial reaction was like, you don't want me to lead the meditations, right? Because I would just be laughing the whole time. I don't even know what would come out of my mouth. It would be so strange. And she said, oh, no, 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 <laughs> of course not. We wouldn't make you do that. And weeks later, I kind of kept thinking about it and thought, why don't meditation? Why are they always so serious when the point is to make yourself feel better at the end? Why can't they sometimes be silly and weird and strange and lighthearted? And I kind of just had this epiphany of, oh my gosh, this is something that I can do that nobody's doing yet. And I can do it in a way that other people can't. So I need to do it right now or else somebody else might do it in a way that isn't, you know, as special as the way I could do it. So I... That was yeah. the epiphany that I needed yeah. to kind of drop everything that I was doing at that moment and start recording this new podcast. Wow. It, and it's incredible, I got to say. It's it's um, unusual. Only <laughs> it, it, It's a challenge for me because it's the first thing that I've really done in my career that's not for creatives specifically. And so mm, for the first yeah, time... Yeah, right, right, right. Much more yeah, for the that, first yeah. time I'm trying to market this thing and, you know, I haven't really even tried It's because I don't even know what I'm doing or how to do it, but I have to, put, I have to get it to an audience that's beyond my comfort zone, my comfort audience of who the people that I know how to reach very easily because they're there and I have to reach the second layer of people and I don't know what to do or how to do that because it's so foreign to me. Yeah. Is that fun for you though? Like, no. Uh, I mean, in terms of like, uh, learn, you know, trying to find, you know. No, I think that I'm so, I, I love creating new things. I love seeing my ideas come to fruition. I love making things happen. I'm so driven in that way, but I'm not a natural business person. So my comfort mm-hmm. area is yeah. to just make it happen, launch it and say, okay, next thing. Um, but for a lot of these things, it's, yeah. it's, I, I need it to make money. I need it to, uh, keep going. So that way it will lead to something else that might pay me more money. Like I, I usually don't have a yeah. major plan in place, yeah. but at this point, just through practicing and doing these things that I've realized that everything that I do for myself that I don't make money from always leads to more brand opportunities or people approaching me offering to actually pay me for something similar. So with this meditation podcast, I am really excited about the mission of what I'm able to do with my voice and my writing style. And I'm excited about people noticing me for those things now. And, you know, everybody's always thought of me as a designer in the past, which I love, but with this podcast, I'm excited about people seeing me now as kind of a comedy writer or going into this new space. And so 
I want to see it through and I want to push it further. So that way, hopefully, hopefully someday in the future, somebody will pay me actual money to uh, do comedy writing in some capacity. Wow. Oh, cool. So there, yeah, there's an underlying uh, desire on your end to, to, to do community. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. And it's not necessarily uh, the, as intentional as I'm making it sound. It's more of, I'm just yeah, following yeah. what's fun and exciting for me at, at this point. And right now mm-hmm. I'm really into doing all of this writing in this comedy piece. And so uh, what I've realized throughout my career is that I have to follow that excitement and push it as hard as I can, because it always leads to more stuff in that space. Yeah. yeah that's great. I mean, that, I, I, that's great advice for folks, right? Like, not everything not, not it's not always obvious the the stuff that you can put time and effort into that that later turns out to be valuable in more ways than, than <laughs> totally you know, and i'm so i'm not you know, business minded and i'm not goal oriented and so this kind of thinking works really well for my brain whereas mm, i know yeah. this kind of thinking is just terrifying for somebody who really likes structure and knowing what their future holds. (laughs) But for me, I don't, I don't want to know at all. I like it being kind of ambiguous and open-ended. And now a little bit more about today's sponsor. For a decade, MetaLab has helped some of the world's top companies and entrepreneurs build products that millions of people use every day. You probably didn't realize it at the time, but odds are you've used an app that they've helped design or build. Apps like Slack, Coinbase, Oculus, Facebook Messenger, Lonely Planet, and many more. MetaLab wants to bring their unique design philosophy to your project. Let them take your brainstorm and turn it into the next billion-dollar app from ideas sketched on the back of a napkin to a final shipped product. Check them out at metalab.co. That's metalab.co. And when you do get in touch, tell them Dan the Puppet sent you. So let's get back to our chat with Meg Lewis. Uh, I asked her about inspiration and self-evaluating her own design work. I find that I approach this topic with everything that I do to where I look at somebody's work and I see it for the first time. It surprises me. It's in my Instagram feed or wherever I see it. And I look at it and go, that is amazing. I love it so much. And I can tell what I like and it's amazing. And then when it comes to the stuff that I make, I'm just staring at it for so long and I can see all the flaws and all the things that I've been second guessing. And I wonder by the finished product, if I saw somebody else post that image or show me that image, what I would think about it. And there's no way to ever know. (laughs) Yeah. There's just, I'll never know. (laughs) <laughs> right. There isn't. Yeah. You really, really couldn't recreate that. I, I totally agree. And, uh, to the point where there's, I feel like there's this moment in a, I'll call it a project, whatever it is you're creating, um, where I get, I'm really excited and it's like full tilt. And then it's, it, it goes downhill until it's done. Even, even, <laughs> even if I'm, you know, this is exactly what I envision creating and, and it's there. It's like there, that excitement is just never, there's like a peak point somewhere in the, in the middle of it. It's like yep. amazing. And then yeah, it goes down. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I usually hit a point at some place where I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah, I'm really good. I'm really good at this. This is amazing. <laughs> right, I'm very right, talented. Right. And yeah. then eventually, uh, especially yeah. by the next day, I'm just like, Oh God, I, I screwed it up again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, if this is helpful, I can I can honestly say that looking when I'm looking at your work, I'm oh, it's always like a oh my god, that's amazing. So well, that thank you, that helps. I think that I, one thing that I've realized throughout my career, and I'm very excited to be able to confidently say, and please, Dan, do not don't react to this. Let me explain myself after I say it. But I'm, okay. I won't. <laughs> yep. Yep. I am not a technically talented designer, which means that. I don't have, because I don't have a, I, I'm not a naturally a natural person that has a thirst for knowledge. And when it comes to design skills, I'm not constantly trying to learn new things or push myself that hard into like new, exciting territories. And what I've realized is that I'm very good at three or four extremely specific things. And what I try to do now is to be really confident and comfortable and excited about what those things are and push them forward as much as possible. So that way my work is recognizable and it feels like me and it's Mm. a reflection of my personality. So it's very fulfilling. And in doing so, I don't have to feel bad about the fact that I'm not a technically talented illustrator. Like I'm not good at hand lettering. I'm not good at um, three I'm not good at like texture. And so I don't have to feel bad about that anymore because I've come to terms with that. And so being able to say I'm not a technically talented designer just means that I'm not really good with technical details. I'm really good with very specific things. And I try so hard to push those things forward and then celebrate the people that are better at other things than I am as much as possible. Wow. That's, that's, that it's home. That's amazing. Yes. I, I, here's the thing though. I think that from the, for all, a couple of things from the outside, I, I see all your work is extremely cohesive and I love that your personality is in ev- every part of it, even, even for stuff, client work or whatever, but it's, I can see you in the work, which I think is, is awesome. Secondly though, I, I think that, um, the part the parts that you're good at are the parts you can't really teach or learn you know like from from a book or a class or something right like i feel like the the technical and i'm i'm actually the same way i think when you were explaining all that i'm like yep that's 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 me too <laughs> like i i'm not good at any of those things um but there's something about being able to pull the important bits together enough to communicate and or create you know it is what you have in in your mind i think is is the is the is the talent part of it right excellent yes i couldn't agree more definitely yeah yeah there's a lot of agreement going on <laughs> I don't know if it's too much or i'll try i'll try to pretend <laughs> like i disagree with you more uh, often yeah yeah but yeah that just, makes for a get, more you know, engaging we'll, episode we'll, we'll perspective you know like uh but no i i love it I, it's just like um but in and so everyone should listen to these podcasts obviously just to, to put a, a bow on the podcast portion of <laughs> this you. podcast um you know weirdly soothing experiences i just was looking at the uh which is, it's like that, that hits the nail on the head. Yeah. Well, I had uh, to, it, it was a strategy move. It was a very challenging podcast to figure out how to position because I wanted it to be mm. just perfectly 50, 50, 50% funny and 50% actually useful. 
And yeah, yeah. But I didn't want people to stumble into the meditation category on Apple Podcasts and be upset by the fact that they were expecting traditional meditation and would ultimately get this instead. And so right, I had right. to make sure that the title was really reflective of the personality of the podcast and that the cover <laughs> art was reflective of that. Yes. And well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I want to talk about the cover art. I remember I put a sneak peek on Dribble of my process of designing the um, – graphics yeah, for this podcast yeah. and somebody was like this is a little loud for a meditation podcast and i was like that is exactly <laughs> the feedback i want because yeah, it's exactly. a, <laughs> the podcast Bingo. is definitely a little uh it's not <laughs> actually loud to your ears i talk very gently and soothingly um but uh <laughs> the the subject matter of getting colonics and uh you know <laughs> exactly. uh, it, of the right. podcast itself right. is is louder than most Burlington Coat Factory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shopping at Burlington Coat Factory. I love it. Uh, which is not really just coats. It's not. It's more than coats. They're more than coats. They're more than coats. They should really... Have they been in touch to hire you? Um, no, I'm I'm hoping though that th I mean this podcast is ripe with uh product placement opportunities and sponsorship yeah, really opportunities is. because yeah. every episode yep. is full chock full of brand names anyway. So <laughs> if <laughs> Yeah. And if, celebrities too, right? And celebrity yeah, there there are all kinds of name dropping and brand names mm -hmm. all over the place. I am selective with who I choose, um but not very. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you yeah. are Popeyes uh, and you want to do approach me and said, you know, we'll give you a dollar to write a whole episode about us. I would gladly do it. <laughs> I love it. It's <laughs> so cool. I, you know, you're just when well, you're also doing so much stuff. I can't. That's just like. I mean, we've been talking for a while here, and we've only talked about the podcast that you're doing. That's but there's true. all sorts Oopsies. of other things. <laughs> Like self, no, no, I don't mean that in a bad way, but just like, uh, but like, yeah, you're, you're self-publishing, you're doing workshops. Um, what else, what, what else, are, what else is your favorite things that you're doing these days? Wow. Um, my favorite things I'm doing are always the things that I'm, are most recent to me. Um, but yeah. with that said, I am ironing out the curriculum for teaching other people how to find a style that's unique for them. And Ooh. Excellent. It has been so fun. I've done two workshops mm. in that so far. And my plan is to do more in-person workshops so that I can get real-time feedback or see people's reactions or watch them working through it. So that way I can ultimately turn it into something larger that could be offered to people anywhere so they don't have to wait for me to come to their town. Um, but yeah, I'm having sure, so sure. much fun with it because I think that I'm coming from it or I hope that I'm coming from it in a way that other people aren't in the fact that I've intentionally tried to not ingest what other people are saying about the topic. Like if somebody mm. else is offering, you know, even a blog post or, or a book or a workshop or a talk of any kind that's about finding a style unique to you, I try to not look at that so that I can have a fresh take. That's just mm. uh, reflective of what my brain can offer. Yeah. So the hope there is that people can then go out and, listen to mine, listen to somebody else's, get more than one, two, three opinions on this topic and perspectives so that they can have a more well-rounded view of how they can find a style for them. Wow. That's so cool. And, um, we talked about this on overtime a little bit, I think, well, hopefully we were recording at the time, but, um, because we were, I was, we were saying, we don't listen, 
both of us, I think, don't listen to many podcasts, even though we do podcasts. Yeah. Um, is, is that I, I kind of I wonder if that's a thing like um, sort of uh, sort of avoiding not that I'm avoiding podcasts, but like that you, you don't need to be a, a, a super fan of something to um, to create in that space. Right. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. It's right for me, though. I actively always avoid things that are similar to what I'm doing for that reason, because yeah. I am an extremely impressionable person. If you if you give me any kind of opinion about anything, um, if, especially if you're excited about something or like something, I will like it, too, because you like it so much. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if I listen to too many podcasts or read too many texts on similar things that I talked about, then yeah. I will start to mirror those things and I'll start to learn from them too much to where I just emulate them or copy off of them in a way yeah. that it ends up not feeling like me at all. And mm. so, and that's just me being an impressionable human being. So I, yeah, I do, I intentionally do not listen to what other people are doing so that I can try my hardest to have something that can be so reflective of what my brain can offer. Mm, that's really interesting. Um, that, that's, I think that's good advice, <laughs> especially for someone that if they find themselves uh, copying too much or getting influenced to, I'm impressionable too. So I, I can, that hits home. Everything hits home today. I think that's <laughs> a good sign, Meg. I think, okay, you know, okay. you're a good guest. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, so, all right. So, I have s some questions that I want to get to that I have asked. Please. I've uh, been asking, yeah, each of the guests. And uh, the first one is what, just tell us about a recent adventure that you've been on. Yes. So, yeah. um, okay. An adventure for me is actually the last time we talked, I was at the very end of my grand adventure. Um, when we recorded the overtime podcast yeah. last week, I, uh, so I was at the end of a solo trip to Orlando. So I was going to the university of Florida, which is in Gainesville. And two days before I decided to fly into Orlando and I live in Minnesota where in late February, it is a mess. It is just the <laughs> worst time to talk to me about the weather because yeah. it's the winters in Minnesota, as, as you've all heard are cold. But for me, it's the length because they're a month longer on both sides than what I'm used to. Yeah. And so by the end of February, um, I'm just like so ready for it to be over. So I decided to go to Orlando um, for a couple of days and just book myself a hotel room. And I specifically looked for a hotel that had a lazy river and I found one <laughs> and I booked that one <laughs> Nice. and, yes. and it was a universal studios hotel. So then I went to universal for a day and rode the single rider lines and the hotel granted me access an hour earlier because I was staying at the hotel. So I got to go to the park before every, before the public, it was yeah. just me and the other hotel people. And because I was alone and got to, into the single rider lines, I breezed through the park and was done by lunchtime. It was amazing. <laughs> I just walked onto all the rides oh. and there was no stress at all. And whenever I travel by myself, I don't have to cater to anybody else's needs. I just do whatever I want. I went to Margaritaville at 1130 in the morning, had some coconut <laughs> shrimp. It was great. <laughs> 
Oh, that sounds glorious, actually. To yeah, be and I find the the reason why I like traveling by myself sometimes is that it's really my biggest source of inspiration because I'm just alone with my own thoughts for a long time. And those those moments when I'm doing something brand new or experiencing something new and there's nobody to share it with but myself, mm. I have to kind of process these things all alone. And it helps me to just really check in with myself and think internally because it's so easy to be distracted by so many things. And I'll find while I travel solo sometimes that I'm just end up spending more time with my phone. And so I make sure to put that down and make sure to go out and do more activities with myself and show myself new things and really just do whatever I want and let myself have whatever I want. And Mm. it's the best. Wow. Everybody needs to do this. I think so. I think the the first time I went to a theme park by myself was Disneyland and I did it on a total whim and I was very embarrassed whenever I was parking and when I was walking in, I thought everybody's looking at me, wondering why I'm alone and I didn't even know what to do. And I walked up, I walked straight up to the Indiana Jones ride, which is my favorite ride. And I noticed (laughs) that there was a sign that just said single rider and I didn't even know what that meant. And I walked up to the attendant and said, I'm alone can I go in the single rider line? And they said, yes. And there was an hour wait for Indiana Jones, but I got to walk right onto the ride. And I've realized ever since that why be with anyone at any other point? (laughs) So single rider. Okay. Right. So if you're by yourself, you can get on the ride. I didn't even know this. This is is amazing. It's amazing. It's life changing. It is life life changing. Uh, Because, well, theme parks are really stressful. uh, I've found, um, and, but I'm just envisioning it if you're by yourself and literally in control of every place you go or don't go like that could that changes everything. It truly <laughs> changes everything because you don't have to be anywhere you don't want to be yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Right. Which is usually what happens to me. I'm on this ride I don't really like and, you know, I don't know. My kids yep. want to go on it. So I, <laughs> I've got to do it and. Yeah. I think when you have kids, it's a different story because, because then all of a sudden you're, you're a horrible person because you've now gone to Disneyland without your children. (laughs) Right. Right. That's true. That's true. Right. Yeah. You'd have to keep, keep that one under wraps. You know, that would be tough. Yeah. Yeah, Where where were you? Where where were you last weekend? You know, well, I just down South somewhere. Uh, yeah, that, that would be tough, tough, but it sounds amazing. It does. Honestly. Uh, yeah, it was a great adventure. Yeah, well, that is a that's a super adventure. Um, okay, so the next question is: Oh, well, we know it's probably not going to be podcasts. Well, actually, it could be your own podcasts. But what have you been listening to <laughs> these days? Oh, yeah. What have I been listening to these days? Yeah, I just like okay. to ask. Well, you know, why not? Yeah. What am, What are my ears hearing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah, I think I've I've uh, finally decided to admit that the fact that the music that I listen to normally is considered novelty music to other people. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to like, if somebody would ask me what, what I list, what kind of music I listen to, I'd be like, yeah, you know, like Kurt Vile or, you know, I'd, I'd come up with, I'm just, that was the per- first person I went for. I would go <laughs> for an, an artist that would just make me sound cool. Yeah. yeah um, right, but right. Truly, I'm over that now. Um, I listen to a lot of, oh, let's see, um, Nigerian 
disco music. I wow. to this is I'm going to sound like Stefan from SNL. Um, <laughs> I listen to a lot of like carousel music. Wow. I like um, I like organs, so I'll listen to whatever kind of organ music I'll take. So it could be very old pipe organs. It could be seventies seventies um, organ, love organ. Um, I love surf rock anything in that category yeah, like yeah. les paul i uh Love so usually if it ha- if it's a category with a fun genre name i'm all in <laughs> yeah it has to have a yeah that's well that's a good carousel now where do you find good carousel music because <laughs> i'm like great uh, question so there's there's an instrument called the calliope um oh yeah i believe that's how it's pronounced um yep, calliope, that yeah. Uh, that is the, the, the instrument that normally plays circus or carousel or like ice cream truck music. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, if you just, you just search for those calliope hits, you'll, you'll land right on them. There's just so much out there that I'm not even searching for. Uh, I mean, really, I just, I like a theme. I, I know this about myself now. I love themes, anything that's heavily thematic. I love mm-hmm. experience over quality. That's always how I've been. <laughs> that's why the Rainforest Cafe is my favorite restaurant. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love it. And Cafe. I don't care at all what the food tastes like. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I'll keep going back and because the experience is so wonderful and so immersive. And I think that kind of spans into my music taste as well. Oh, I, uh, Volcano. Sorry, I'm still, <laughs> still at the Rainforest Cafe. You've been. You've oh, yeah. You've been in the Rainforest Cafe. There used to you be know. one not far from where I live, and it actually left, unfortunately, which is a bummer. But um, Oh, that that's not yeah. a good sign for Rainforest Cafe. No, it's not, actually. I'm fortunate enough to live in Minnesota, which has the Mall of America, which has the first oh, yeah. ever Rainforest Cafe oh, inside. No so that's where it started. I hope they don't get rid of that one. No yeah, kidding. the founder lives somewhere in town here. Oh, um, wow. This guy is a, yeah, it, it is known for experiential restaurants. Um, <laughs> and wow, what an icon. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Uh, experiential restaurants. He has uh, a, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he has this quote that is probably the worst quote I've ever heard in my life. I'm not a quote <laughs> person. This one was just so impactful to me in a negative way. <laughs> this quote from this guy was, a no is just a yes waiting to happen. <laughs> it's horrible. Wow. That could I think he's talking in terms of like sales uh, of Let's hope his so. restaurants Let's hope so. with investors. <laughs> Let's hope so, because that could be interpreted in a variety of ways. Uh yeah, not a great uh, not a great quote. I like it when you when you think <laughs> if you put a positive spin like yeah, if it's about like just like Asking if I can have another piece of pie as a kid or something, then it's, you know, then it's kind of innocent. But um, yes, exactly. Uh, experience over quality is that what I love that. That's right. See, this is really great. I uh, and now I really want to go to the Rainforest Cafe again now. Uh, <laughs> I'm always looking for a friend to meet me at the Rainforest Cafe bar because it's not a popular bar. The restaurant's very popular, but there's never anyone at the bar. And hmm. sometimes you get the Rainforest Cafe that has these bar stools that are animal legs. So when you're sitting <laughs> on them, they look you it look looks like, like you might have some giraffe legs. I just love them so much. Oh my God. <laughs> 
That's amazing. I don't think I'm trying to. I think the one that was around here didn't have. A, I'm trying to picture the bar. I don't think it had a bar. I mean, maybe it did, and that's I just didn't didn't see it. Uh, I would go there all the time. <laughs> that's the thing. I I was always like, all right, we're at, we're at the mall. We need to eat lunch. The Rainforks Cafe is here. Why wouldn't you want to just? If I'm going to eat food, why not get the added bonus of being in a rainforest? With animals, right? Yeah, like, I, I guess that's why we should have another guest on this podcast. Because I think that most people don't agree with that. Most people <laughs> are <laughs> quality of food and price over experience. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. you know, they're like, yeah, they're the hole in the wall. They like it because it's you know, there's no experience and it's real cheap and very good, that's true, which I also quality. like. Yeah, see that. But that I'd well, much that has its Exactly. I'd much mm. rather um, be at an ex- overly thematic place with garbage food. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You can always find something on the menu. Okay, so switch gears. This is like really switching gears, though. But I always ask this because I think it's interesting. Uh, do you think uh, there's life on other planets? Oh, I love this question so, really? so oh, much. Good. Oh, good, good, good. Yes. Good. I love, you know, I love thinking about the answers that we don't know yet and mm, what they mean. Yeah. And I love humans so much because we like coming up. We, we like to know what the answer is. We don't like the unknown. And I love the things that people convince themselves to be true in their mind in order to fill in some of those blanks. I just, <laughs> I love that about humans. And I'm so fascinated by all of the people's answers that are out there in the world. And for me, I just, I love the unknown so much. It's my favorite thing about the world. I just eat it up. I love the fact that there are some huge questions that we do not know the answer to at all. We're not even coming close. I just love that. And I love all of the possibilities of what the answer could possibly be. And so what's what the heck is going on with the universe is the biggest one for me. And I just love it so much. When I was a kid and I, I learned about, you know, multiple realities and like different versions of the world that we live in, that the fact that the universe is infinite and, you know, all of that. And that there's, you know, an infinite number of worlds out there. You know, there's like another planet where you're just wearing like a blue shirt instead of a red shirt and all of that. And I, became obsessed when I was a kid of thinking about the fact that there, because there's an infinite number of me's in this sort of theory that exists in the universe, I became obsessed with the fact that there must be a version of me out there. And all she's trying to do is find me. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, there has to be one. And I couldn't stop thinking about her And I don't think about her that much anymore, which is kind of sad, but all throughout my twenties, I was like pretty obsessed with just, she was always in the back of my mind. Um, the fact that she was out there looking for me and she hadn't found me yet. And I used to always imagine what it would be like to run into her or to like see her around a corner. And, uh, it became a question that I, that I found really interesting to ask other people of what, if they all of a sudden turned a corner and they saw themselves, 
what would they do? Um, because that really tells that that'll tell you a lot about a person. And, and for me, that's like the moment that I've been waiting for since I was a kid. And it would be so exciting for me. Whereas a lot of people would be like, Oh, I'd run away. Or a lot of people would say, Oh, it's a doppelganger. I'm supposed to fight them. (laughs) So I don't know. Like, I think my, my thinking about aliens or other life forms is that how, how could it, how could they not, um, exist? But also, I don't know for sure, and I love the fact that I don't know. Um, that's very exciting to me. I love it so much. Ah, right. So the the unknown is the the fun part. I like that. I like that a lot. So, Meg, before you leave us, um, I was wondering if you could you could uh, share one important thing that you've learned over the course of your career that that uh, that might help um, others that are up and coming that look up to. Uh, up to you and your work. And um, yeah, what's one thing you could share with us? Yes. I, there's one thing, one, one big thing that comes to mind and it's extremely simple, um, but hopefully it's at least helpful for somebody to hear is it, especially when listening to a podcast like this, where Dan's extremely talented and a great interviewer and has all these very impressive people on every episode and talking about all their accomplishments is something that I've learned is I think I'm I'm about average jealous when it comes to looking at other creatives' work or thinking about what other people are capable of doing and assessing it and sitting back and and it always makes me feel bad about myself and what I've accomplished, and I think what I've realized is that we all have the same amount of time in our day, right? And we choose to use it in various ways. And, and it's easy to get fixated on, oh, that designer has a better portfolio than me, or that Meg Lewis, she's started so many things and I haven't started anything, or maybe I've only started one or two things. And you look at everybody and you, you see what they have that you don't have. But I think it's important to remember that because we all have the same amount of time in our day, we just choose to spend it on different things. Maybe the person with the amazing portfolio has the amazing portfolio because they have extra time in their day that they've allotted to that. Whereas you, maybe you've started a family and so you're focused on your family and they look at you and they say, wow, that person has time to have kids and like this amazing home life. And, you know, I fixate on what other people have all the time. Um, and, or I fixate on somebody who has a similar business to mine and how far it's gone when mine has moved incrementally. But the way that I spend my time is I, have so many things that I'm bopping about between every day. And so those things are going to move forward a little bit at a time, just inching forward together. Um, whereas somebody else has more time in their day to spend on the one thing. So I think it's, it, it helps to, to know that information so you can be more mindful about how you spend your time, but also it kind of helps to shed away that jealousy and just comparing yourself to other people. Um, and again, this is like such an easy fact to pick up on the fact that we all have the same amount of time in our day, but I think it's helpful information so that you can finally just kind of let it go and stop comparing yourself to other people. Every single person has stuff that they're doing or a skill set that other people are jealous of um, because it's unique to them that the other person doesn't have. And I think just stop fixating on what other people have and fixate a little bit more on what you're doing that is really unique and special and amazing. I love it. That's so inspiring. Um, Thanks so much to Meg for being on the show. And thanks to Metalab for sponsoring today. 
And I uh, hope you dig the podcast. Um, rate and or review us. That would be awesome on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to them. And uh, again, check out my new book, which is available for pre-order. I'll have the link in the show notes. And um, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.